I want to uh, go to the Word of God. First, I would like to acknowledge uh, Pastor Ken. Please stand up and pray, sir. Pastor Ken, uh, God sent him, I believe, from uh, Michigan yeah, to, to Texas to start a church here. So God has sent him here, and uh, we've met, and we're talking about uh, what we can do. And I'm glad that you guys are here this morning to worship with us. Thank you so much. Please be seated. You're welcome. Thank you. I would like you all to know that we are getting very, very close to uh, the time we will start building. I'm hoping we can start before the end of this year. And uh, I believe uh, by next year early we should be starting, and I'm trusting God for it. I believe things are beginning to come together, and I'm speaking by faith that everything will come together this month or early next month so that we can begin to build. Amen? It's good to have you guys. Amen. This morning, uh, serious uh, topic, but I'm going to be talking about winning the world for Christ. Winning the world for Christ. Many times we talk about different things in faith. We talk about receiving from the Lord but, uh, and, and receiving from God blessings for our lives. But there is something for us to do that's winning the world for the Lord Jesus Christ. And really when we talk about winning the world for Christ, we are actually talking about rescuing people from death, eternal death. That's what we're talking about, rescuing people from eternal death. The Bible talks about that. Everyone is sinned, and there is a payment for sin, and that's eternal death. And God wants us to begin to think about that. I'm not going to preach anything new that you've never heard this, this morning, but the main thing is to remind you, to remind you, holy brethren, the things that Jesus has commanded us, so lest we forget that we have been commanded to win the lost. We have been commanded to bring people into the kingdom of God. It's not the pastor's job. You can't sit back and say, well, I've given time to pastor now. Go for it, pastor. Get them. No, it's, it's, it's for all of us. We have to win people to the Lord. There are people out there that don't know Jesus. The only reason, reason they don't know Jesus is not because they don't want to serve him. It's because somebody has not talked to them about Christ. Now, let me let you know this. Just living a good Christian life is not good enough. It's not good enough. I need a lot. In America, we talk about, okay, I'm going to live my life for the Lord. They don't know you're living your life for the Lord. You're not perfect either. My kids know that. I'm not perfect. You're not. And they'll see your mistakes and all of that. That's not the issue. The real thing is who you represent, which is the Lord Jesus. You are on his side. The people need to know that you are on the Lord's side. Amen. Father, I ask Spirit of the living God, move this morning. Speak to us. Touch our hearts and help us to fulfill our, our own end of the covenant we have with you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let me let you know this. If you have had an, an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, 
if that encounter is genuine, the thing you, the first thing you want to do, because you will feel His presence, you will feel His glory, you see things differently, you now know why you are on the earth. You now know why God created you. It's, it's a new world for you. If any man be in Christ, it's a new creation. All, all things have passed away. All things have become new. You see things very differently. In fact, you are a new person. It's a new experience. You're still the same person. But something has happened inside of you. Your eyes have been opened to the universe and to the fact that God is. And you know there is heaven and there is hell. Some people will go to hell. No doubt about it. They will go to hell. And you know it because you have experienced the living Christ. And now, once we know that the first thing you want to do because of the joy of meeting the Savior, because of the joy of knowing Jesus, the first thing you want to do is go to your family, let them know about the new thing that you found. It's innate in us, it's humans. It's innate in us. Every one of us, when something good happens to you, even though you are feeling good, you're enjoying it, you don't enjoy it as much as. You enjoy it when you begin to tell people about what's happened to you. It's just natural. In the natural, if you get a promotion, you're going to tell somebody. It's just natural. If you get a promotion, a job is $100 more an hour. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Man, you can't wait as soon as the boss tells you that. He's talking to you and tell you, here. $100 increase and now he can be telling you other things you're not listening anymore. All you want to do is get back to the phone and call your wife or call your husband. Hey, guess what? She could have rejoiced by yourself, but that's not good enough. Amen? Somebody's got to know. And you want to call others to know. That's natural. Spiritually, when you have an encounter with the Lord Jesus, you want to do the same thing. You want to tell somebody about it. And if you don't have that desire to tell somebody about it, check out your experience with him. There is no time. When you have a genuine uh, encounter with the Lord Jesus, you want to tell somebody. You don't have to be forced to tell somebody. And if you start telling somebody, it becomes a part of you. It becomes a second nature. And you want to tell people, it becomes part of your life. And they will keep coming to the Lord. I mean, it's fun. Amen. Once you get to know Jesus... It's something that I notice, you know, when, when you bring people to Christ. It's thing about bringing people to Christ is, is bringing them one by one. We are to win the world. You can't win all of them at the same time. He's got to be one by one. And as you bring them to the Lord, it's a, it's a funny thing. Once they've discovered the Lord Jesus, uh, they forget you. They go for Him. Amen. And it's just the way it works. He's going to take care of them. And you get converts like over overseas, you get them saved, and they fall in love with Jesus. You can go wherever you want to go. He's going to take care of them. They love him. And they love you because you introduce them to, to him. But they don't care much about you as much as they care for him and his love for their lives. Their lives full because of the presence of God in their heart. Amen. You know, I don't know if you know this, but Andrew and John were truly disciples of John the Baptist. They were ardent disciples of John the Baptist. They didn't know Jesus. They were following John. 
And when they first met Jesus, they were standing with John the Baptist. That was the one they were following. They knew that John knew God and was a prophet and they stayed with him. But John kept talking about this Jesus the Messiah. And then Jesus came and got baptized. I'm sure they were there. Say, is that the guy? Amen? And then one day, John chapter 1 from verse 35, uh, Jesus was walking by and John the Baptist got excited. And guess what two disciples were standing by him? Only those two, Andrew and John. They were serious about following God. They were John's disciples. And as Jesus was walking by, John got excited. He says, Behold, the Lamb of God. And he says, And the two disciples heard it. And they said to John, Bye. <laughs> We're gone. <laughs> We're gone. We're not coming back to you. We found him. Amen. They went and for, to be with Jesus. Now let me let you know this. It's so important. You, we have this thing inside of us that they don't want Jesus. Okay? There's a feeling that I have to make them. You don't have to make them. They want him. They just don't know it. They want him. They see your life and they see what's going on in your life and they begin to want him. They want Jesus. That's just the truth. But whenever you introduce them to Jesus, they fall in love with Jesus, they're gone. Amen. They focus on Him. And let me tell you this. Anytime you bring somebody to Jesus, Jesus will never disappoint you. Never. If you can bring them to Him, He won't disappoint you. He'll do something to them. If they are willing to follow, if they are willing to listen, and they are willing to come to Him, He will never disappoint you. He won't disappoint them. Every time it will happen. He won't disappoint. I'm going to give you a few stories here. You remember the story, uh, Andrew, after Andrew and John had been with Jesus one, one day. Boy, they were filled. They, they, Andrew couldn't help himself. He knew Peter, that Simon, his brother, needed Jesus. So he left Jesus and went to look for, that's the thing, you have to, your, your brother. First thing, I got to get my family here. He went and he found Simon. He said, hey, Simon, guess what we found? That's, those are my words, okay? <laughs> Guess what we found? We found the Messiah. We found him. I'm telling you, come on, Simon. Come on, let me take you to him. No much preaching, no first, not, no first Corinthians in chapter 4. No, just come, come, come. Just come and meet him. He says, are you sure? Come. You see, just come. And Peter got there. Jesus took one look at him and said, you're Simon. Yeah. From now on, you will be called Peter. I don't know what, did, what that did to Peter, but Peter didn't go away from after that day. He stayed, he stayed, talked to Jesus. He didn't care much about Andrew anymore. Jesus, amen? He stayed with Jesus. Jesus didn't disappoint. Now Jesus went from there and he, met, he, he saw Philip and said, Philip, come. And Philip said, wow, great, I'll follow you. And Philip started following Jesus. And he saw things. And he got so excited. He said, I got to tell Nathaniel, my friend, boy, that's my best friend. I got to tell Nathaniel, Nathaniel, Bartholomew. I got to tell Nathaniel about this Jesus. 
So he went to Nathaniel. Nathaniel was under the fig tree. He says, hey, Nathaniel, we have found Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. All of the prophets, including Moses. I mean, Moses wrote about this guy. We found him. Uh, Nathaniel was a little skeptical. He said, did you see Nazareth? Is that what I heard? Jesus of Nazareth? He said, yeah. He said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Hey, this is news for me. He says, I'm not going to preach to you, but just come. Come, come and see. See for yourself. When you invite people to the Lord Jesus, He won't disappoint you. Amen. He won't disappoint something. If they're willing to come, something's going to happen. They will have a transaction with the master that's going to change their lives forever. And Nathaniel came wondering, are you sure any good stuff will come from Is my friend Philip, is he, is he deceived? But I can see the excitement in him. Something's happened to him. i go. Let me check this out. He got there and Jesus took one look at him and says, hey, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no God. The guy said, oh my God. <laughs> Master, wait, how did, you, how did you know me? He knew that was the signature of his life. He got it. Hey, he said, oh, don't worry. Now, before Philip got to you when you were under that fig tree, I saw you. You saw me? Philip had never a chance to tell you where I was. You... He said, you are the, you are the Lord. You, you are the Christ. He believed in him. Jesus will not disappoint you. When you bring somebody to him, we're just not willing to do that. Jesus didn't disappoint. You remember the woman at the well? She came at a time where there would be no one there except herself. Fortunately for her, she thought unfortunately, but fortunately for her, Jesus was sitting at the well. And Jesus spoke to her. You cannot have an encounter with the Lord Jesus and don't want to tell somebody about it. It's just not possible. And if it's been possible all your life, check out what's happened. You just want to tell somebody. She met with Jesus. They talked, talked about religion. Jesus talked about giving her water. And she wanted that water so bad. And Jesus summed up her life in a few words. That was an encounter. And, and she got so excited. This was the Messiah. That was one time that Jesus revealed himself. When she talked about the Messiah, she said, you're talking to him right here. He's the one standing here talking to you. And she says, oh my goodness, those are my words, oh my God, this, this is unusual. A woman that had been rejected, she's been married five times. I know all the men were talking about that. <laughs> you seen that woman? Boy, she can stay with one guy. Oh boy. He probably not talking to anyone. And just doing things by her own. I don't care about you guys. I'm just going to live the way. Until she met Jesus. Amen. She met Jesus. She had that encounter. And you know, she forgot about the water pot. <laughs> When Jesus gets into your heart and into your life, nothing else in this life matters. Amen? Nothing. Nothing is as important. 
She got so excited. She I can't keep this to myself. I know she hadn't talked to the men and the women in town for a long time. They'll cuss her out. But she didn't care. She went out and she said, Hey, come, come, come and see a man. A man who summed up my life, told me everything I've ever done. He told me, summed up my life. Can this be the Christ? And they said, I hope she's not looking for another guy. You know, that's those are my words. <laughs> <laughs> But they heard the word Christ and telling her everything, you know, they knew her, they knew, but how could this stranger know? Hey, this has got to be something. And she brought them in and they came in droves, so we got to hear him. And guess what again? Jesus didn't disappoint. My point is when you bring, he won't disappoint. Amen. They will get saved and they will stay with him forever. I mean, they'll live forever. Just by that little act of inviting them and nudging them along to come to the Master. We have forgotten why Jesus brought us into this army for labor. Many times we're talking about blessings. Yes, He will bless us as we do His work. My wife said this morning, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Seeking the kingdom, that's what God wants. We bring them to the Lord Jesus and let him clean them up and make something out of their lives. Yeah. You know, God is waiting for nothing more in the world. The day that the last person that God had ordained to enter into the kingdom comes is over. Do you know that? The day the last person that God had ordained to come into the kingdom, nothing else on the earth really matters. The world right now, he changed everything once that last person comes in. Who is he waiting for? For us. Now Romans chapter 8 says, the whole creation is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, the children of God. Well, until everything is, the whole creation is in pain, waiting for that last person to come in, so that everything is changed, and everything is in our hands. And many times we're just sitting doing nothing. We are not in labor to bring the people in. But I'm encouraging you and encouraging myself this morning. Last uh, the other Saturday, I went out and then Brother Felix here was the one with me and we normally just go out and I, you know I used to just get in the face of these individuals and share with them about Christ and I don't done that in College Station and uh, uh, in Athens, Georgia but since I came to Houston I did it for a while and then I quit doing that and just find a track but I decided that's not a good thing anymore I want to talk to them face to face Amen I want to talk to them face to face. I'm going to knock the doors. Felix encouraged us last week and said, let's talk to them about Jesus. Guess what? Three people gave their lives to the Lord. Three people. But let me tell you something. Whenever they've had an encounter with Christ, it stays with them. It stays with them. It's just the truth. The guy who brought me to the Lord, I don't know where he is today. 
But I, I don't, and I can't even tell you what he's told me to bring me to Christ. I don't remember anything. But he was there. We're talking about living the Christian life. That's good. The life is not the only important thing. But it was those, those words that he was selling, talking to me about, about Jesus and who he represented. And I saw, yes, Jesus was in his life. I want what he's got. Amen? I want what he's got. How can I find it? How can they believe without somebody telling them? The Ethiopian eunuch said, How can I understand what is written here unless somebody explains it to me? God, he wanted to be saved. He wanted to go to heaven. He was reading from the book of Isaiah. Meant nothing to him. He said, Who is he talking about? Explain it to me. I can't understand unless somebody will explain this thing to me. You have the answer. Now Philip gave him the word. Now he's in, he's in glory with the Lord Jesus because he believed just a few words when you bring them to Jesus Jesus will not disappoint them he won't disappoint you when you bring them they will be saved you share with them they will receive Christ we have this lie that enemy told us in our heads that they will not they're not willing they are dying for an answer they are they're looking for an answer to life and you can share them. And when they see what God is doing in your life, how steadily your life, is, your, your life is moving, how God is working in your life, they want the Jesus that you, you have. But they have to know it's Jesus that is at work in your life. And let me let you know this. If you make the kingdom of God, especially the winning of souls, number one in your life, God knows he has a prized individual in his hands. He'll take care of you. Anyone that tries to mess with you, that's the one that's bringing souls to his kingdom. They're not gonna. They won't succeed. He take care of you. Take care of your family. Take care of everything because you're valuable to him. It's not that the rest of them are not valuable. It's just they're not producing much fruit. And the Bible says the fruit, the one who produces fruit, the Father, prunes. So he can bring more fruit. And now when we talk about that, many times we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Well, if you already have the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is inside the Spirit, right? It's inside of you. Just let it come out. That's not what we're talking about. Bring them in. Bring them in. Jesus wants us to go out. This is what Jesus said. He said in, in Mark chapter 19 verse 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came. That was Jesus' mission statement. This is why Jesus came to this world. Not just to save them, but before they could be saved, they, he has to seek them. Now, Jesus is no longer here. Who is going to do the seeking for him? That's you and I. They don't get saved until we go out seeking them. Jesus didn't stay in, in Nazareth with his mother and saying, I'm the son of God. They all come to Nazareth and get saved. No, he walked around. 
You walked around sharing the gospel and preaching. You want miracles in your life? Go out and begin to speak the word of God. And God will confirm the word with signs following. Just to let them know I approve of what he's doing. Or what she's doing. You sit back in church wanting to see miracles and all of that. You're wasting your time. Until you step out and you want to win souls for the kingdom. He, what's the reason for giving you miracles? Or doing miracles through your hands when people don't believe? Paul said, I praise the gospel with signs. Amen. Amen. So that your faith will not rest in human wisdom. But it's when you go out and you start sharing. This is what Jesus has told us. We forget. That's why I'm saying, don't forget this. The eternal destiny of the guy that sits by you in the office rests in your hand. And you're so busy, there's no wonder we're caught up in all kinds of crazy stuff because we have forgotten the Master's Commission. We call it the Great Commission. For some people, it's the Great Omission. They've forgotten it. It's the Great Omission. They don't even think about it. It's less have church and oh, I enjoyed myself in church today. It was glory. What's the glory doing outside? You got all the glory and you took it to your Chinese restaurant after church and that's what it is. Your glory died in there. The glory was supposed to bring some people to him. When you go into his presence and you experience glory, the glory should bring people to you. Now, when you have been in his presence, you can't help yourself. You have to tell somebody. You just can't help yourself. Unless you're sick. You can't help yourself. You have to share with somebody. That's how it was with them. They couldn't stop talking about it. You know, it's funny if you read in the scriptures. Many times Jesus will tell these guys as they come in so excited. And they know this is Messiah. And they get their healing. Jesus will say, now listen now. Don't you tell anybody. Keep it to yourself. Have you read that in the scriptures? And you wonder, what's wrong with this fellow? He told you not to do that. But as soon as they leave his presence, they're going, not tell somebody. Not tell somebody. How can anyone say that to me? Not tell somebody. I got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody. How can I be quiet about this? I, I don't care what he said. I'm going to tell somebody. And if he's mad, let him, I'm going to tell somebody. And they begin to tell. And the whole people keep coming. Because they're saying, they're talking about it. That's having church. Amen. That's having church. When we are sharing the gospel. He came to seek and to find. If I'm on his team, I will be seeking to find. If you don't seek, you won't find. That's, this, that's the law in the, in, the, in the universe. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. We are not seeking, so we're not finding them anymore. We sit back in church and we're telling them, come to church. Where sinners don't go to church. Hello? <laughs> they would rather sleep in on Sunday morning <laughs> until you invite them and bug them. Amen. And say to them, you got to come. You got to come. God is inviting you. And then they will listen. Amen. And God will give you words to speak to them. But you have to be willing. We have to be willing. In Jesus' statement now, In, in certain cultures, I don't know about this culture, 
usually when a man has something in his heart that is very important to him or a woman before they depart if they're sick and they're gonna die usually they will call their kids together to let them know what's going to transpire what their hearts desire you remember Jacob before Jacob left he called all his sons the ones that persecuted Joseph including Joseph and he began to speak to them amen he began to speak to them before departing he spoke to Joseph first because at that time God had turned everything around Joseph was the leader he prayed for the children you know that was the kind of culture there and Jesus did exactly the same he waited until after his death it was time for him to depart he said you know I'm not going to be sitting down with you you know uh, having communion like we have here until we get there so this were his last day, last days and he was with the disciples I believe for 40 days after he rose from the dead just talking to them I wonder what he was saying to them what was that what was so urgent for 40 days he was talking to them you know what I believe he was talking to them about the reason why we are here today did you get that the reason why we're here today those 40 days there was no miracle done nothing more he was talking just to his disciples and I believe he was telling them you know you got to win the world if you read in Acts chapter 1 they were saying master are you going to restore the kingdom back to Israel he said it's not for you to know the times and the seasons that the father has put in his own power but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you so basically that statement alone lets you know what he had been talking to them about what was that imp- what was important to him at that point you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem in Judea and to the rest of the world and as he blessed them he was taken away last words they're very important to us and if you read in Matthew chapter 28 when he saw them and Matthew didn't go to his ascension but he said all power has been given to me in heaven and on the earth go therefore if you love me you will what he who does not love me will not keep my word Jesus said but if a man loves me he'll keep my word he'll keep my commandment he who keeps my commandment is he who loves me How, where do I fit in in this what's his commandment is it commandment to live a good life he's already done that he paid the price on, on the cross for us so our sins can be forgiven when our sins are forgiven we no longer have sins right we're righteous before him now we need to work for him he's needing people to get into the vineyard and work for him amen Amen. he don't have to be a preacher his last words are so important i remember once i went in a village uh, close by uh, this the city where we have our church in nigeria and i went i went to minister with a group of people we took a van there and we go from door to door and I, I, I really, if you haven't done this, you really need to do this. This thing can be addictive. <laughs> Amen. 
when you start winning souls for Christ, especially when you see them come to church and you see them men, when they're standing in front of you and you see them, this was a, a nutty guy, crazy, dope smoker. You knew him last week or two weeks, a month, two, two years ago. And you're, sta- you're standing back and you see his hands raised and worshiping the Lord and thinking, hey, cocaine won't give you that kind of feeling that you feel just watching that guy. It's, 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 it's great. I, I was sharing with this man, and uh, I, I, I thought, man, I'm doing a good job. <laughs> Don't be overconfident, okay? <laughs> I said, boy, he's really receiving the word. And I wanted, I wanted to drive it home to ask him if he would pray with me to receive the Lord. And he was really receiving the word. And then all of a sudden, he said, my son, I, you know, this was 19, probably 1976, 1977. Don't try to calculate how old I am right now. <laughs> but he said, my son, just, just give me one minute. And he went into his room and brought some kind of filthy thing in his hand. And said, did you, did you, you see this thing? And I was going, yeah. I know you have a, in my head, you know, yeah, you, I know you have a, a dirty stuff in your hand. What is this? He says, this is my God. Oh, oh. I said, okay. He said, my father. He said, this God has done me no good. All I've had from the day they gave it, my father gave it to me, it's been trouble. I want to get rid of him. But they're telling me I can't. And uh, the reason was before, before his father died, the father called him, you are my oldest son. I'm passing up, passing on my God to you. You must serve him. You must make sacrifice to him and take care of him. Now he's tired of this God, but he's afraid to get rid of it because he gave his word to his father when his father spoke to him before his death. Point is, Jesus kept this thing till the very end and told us we needed to do this. The disciples understood it. Reading Acts, how they went all over the place. They were going to fulfill what the master. Before long, he was said the word. They said they, they, the leaders were saying, "You have filled Jerusalem." You heard that's the word. You have filled the Jerusalem with your doctrine. We're tired of it. It's all over the place. And they say, "Stop!" This is no. We're not going to listen to you. We'll listen to God. What were they asking them to stop preaching the gospel? I would like to see that happening today in in, in the church in America where the government is saying you guys need to stop preaching. We don't have anything like that. You have to beg them to preach these days. What's happening to us? Today we really need to wake up. There is a price to pay. And I think that's usually, that's the main problem why we are not sharing the gospel. The price. The price to pay. Many times we feel embarrassed when we have to talk to people about Jesus. And when people are seeing crazy things in our presence in the office and we have strong voices that are in opposition to the gospel and Christians and preachers, we keep our mouth shut because we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to offend them. There is a price to pay. If that's your concern, you don't understand eternity. If what people think 
and how they feel. Even in a short time, I'm telling you, you can stand your ground and there will be somebody among them that says, I see something in him. I see something in him. He has the truth. And you can serve a life. But because of fear, we refuse to speak. We refuse to even voice the fact that we're Christian. We even refuse to acknowledge that we are believers. Until something happens and you say, praise the Lord. And they go, huh? You, you, you praise the Lord. Where is that coming from? <laughs> because you haven't said a word about that. There's a price to pay. Jesus was very clear. In Mark chapter uh, 8, he says, in verse 34, he says, When he had called, <coughs> when he had called the people to himself, Jesus called the people to himself, with his disciples also. Notice, he called the people to himself, including the disciples as well. Then, basically, what he was about to say is just simple. This that I'm saying is not only for you disciples, it's for everybody. Everybody. So he called the disciples to himself and the people. He said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself. If you're going to come after me, you must deny yourself. You, if you are not willing to deny yourself, Jesus said, you cannot be my disciple. In other words, he said in another place, you must count the cost. It's not going to be all fun, not all cake work. This is serious business. You want to follow me? Hey, sit down, think about what you are trying to commit to. There is a lot here for you to go through. You better sit down. Jesus said, if a man is wanting to build a house, he's got to count and make sure he has the money to finish it up. If you're going to go this way, think about it again. There is a price to pay. Let him deny himself and take up his cross. And the Bible says, take up his cross daily. There is a cross to bear. Not just going to church to have fun. There is a cross to bear. There is a work to be done. And there is an opposition out there. You have to be willing to go through the opposition. Refuse to be afraid. Refuse to let. Refuse to give in. Go out for your God. And you, they will see his light upon your life. That's just the truth. He says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels. How many people are losing their lives for the gospel? They're even afraid to talk to their friends. They're afraid to lose their friends. Talking about losing their life. If the, the, the guy at the place of work says, if you mention anything about Jesus in this office, you're going to be fired. Guess what? <laughs> the Lord understands. Amen. Glory to God. Only in church, why are you afraid to say it in the place of work? Amen. That's what tells you where you really stand. You, if, it, if, if, if a thing like that was said to, it said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they tell the guy, hey, hey, if you go that way, we will not only say the name, we will shout it in this office. Amen. We will shout it here. And if you want to fire us, you fire us. But when you fire us, you're coming down. You'll be looking for employment later. Give them that word with boldness. 
If you think about it, if an employer says, don't say, say any word, about, don't you ever mention Jesus. Say, we will mention Jesus in this place and you can fire us. And I tell you, if you fire us, you will be looking for employment later. He's going to think about it. <laughs> he will think about it. So tomorrow we're coming in and we're going to shout, because you said it, we will shout it in this place. You dare fire us and see what's going to happen to you. Uh, he will be afraid. Amen. That we are not bold enough. There is a price to pay. We need to be willing to pay that price. Sometimes the price is just ridicule from people. I could care less about ridicule. Sometimes the price is just misunderstanding. They don't understand what you're doing, but they'll understand later. Then you're standing your ground. People have paid awesome prices for this. That the reason why you're here, the disciples, they heard Jesus when he spoke to them about laying down their lives for the kingdom. The four gospel writers, none of them died a peaceful death. Four of them, including Luke the doctor. Except for one. That's John, because God didn't want that for him. Four of them. Except for just one. Matthew was killed in Ethiopia. Mark was dragged by horses because of preaching in Egypt until he died. They just had horses attached to him and they just started dragging the fellow because he was preaching. He wouldn't get him. Usually they tell them, if you stop, we'll let you go. Yeah. You let me go, we're going to be start, we'll start spreading the word again. We say, we'll be quiet. We don't want you to speak in this name. We say, well, if you have to kill me, kill me. We are not even betrayed. And this is a country where it's free. Huh? And people won't, they won't even share. They are afraid of ridicule. People saying, they call us right-wingers. Yes, you heard that? Right-wingers and stuff like that. Right-wing people and all of that kind of stuff. They group everybody together without knowing the difference. Narrow-minded. I've been called that. I am walking the narrow road. Amen? So I'm narrow-minded. Mark was dragged by horses in Egypt. Luke was... They hung Luke in Greece. He died. John himself, they wanted to kill him, boiled him in oil. A basin of oil, according to tradition, but they couldn't kill him. They sent him to Ireland or Patmos, and God gave him revelation and sent him back to the people. That was the will of God, but he was willing to die. Andrew, we mentioned about Andrew that found Peter. Andrew heard the gospel, got so excited, went and got Peter. Andrew was crucified. His brother, Peter, also was crucified. They said he was crucified upside down. I don't know how that went. But Peter also gave his life for this cause. Jesus actually told him, you're going to give your life. But he could care less. He's found real life. When you find real life in Christ, nothing else matters. Philip. Philip, the one who found Nathaniel, he also was, was crucified. Philip was killed, and Nathaniel himself was whipped until he died. So all of these people gave their lives for this cause. 
that's why we're here today because they gave their lives and we're reading about them today what about you what are you going to give you even afraid we're afraid to speak to people about him what are you going to give are you going to be staying in the same heaven with those individuals there is some there's a surprise to pay many times people talk about Thomas well Tom, Thomas was killed in in India for the gospel they used the spear to destroy his life he was willing after he saw Jesus he had no fear he had his confirmation and he was going to live until he died he gave his life he just wanted to be sure that yes what I have is the truth he gave his life for that you remember Barnabas 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 also was killed stoned to death that's Barnabas and Paul Paul was beheaded the brother of James, of Jesus, James, James the Just. You know, in the Bible it talks about the devil, Matthew chapter 4, I believe Luke chapter 4, the devil taking Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple. Yeah, that's where they took James, the brother of Jesus, to, and they threw him down. They said he should stop preaching. He, he fell from that place, but he didn't die. So they clubbed him to death for the gospel. There's a price to pay. <laughs> and today we don't have a stiff price to pay for sharing the gospel. We are not strong anymore, but God forbid we will be strong in the Lord. Would you say that with me? I will be strong in the Lord and I will share the gospel. I will not be afraid. They're, they're waiting for us out there. Jesus said the field is already white for harvest. What are you doing? You're gathering fruit unto eternal life. That's what it is. What are you gathering? Are you gathering with Jesus? Jesus said, if you're not gathering, what are you doing? You're scattering. If you're not with him, you're not gathering with him, you're not doing anything. Just don't praise the Lord. Go out, bring the people in. Sinners don't go to church. Talk to them out there and bring them in. Share. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. They know it. They need Jesus. We need to share with them. We need to share. We can't be too ashamed. Can you play the video, please? We can't be too ashamed to share the gospel. Somebody's waiting to know Jesus. Somebody's waiting for words for your mouth. Today. You're blessed. Please go today.